once we start building email lists and 100,000, 5,000, 1,800 subscribers, whatever it is, those are human beings. They're real people. They have challenges, they have needs, they have goals, they have wants, they have desires, they have kids, they have lives, they have troubles. And when we lose sight of that because it becomes a number in a database, that's a gigantic problem. Staying human and continuing to send lots of value to them and being the linchpin in their life. When you become that person to them, when the timing is right for them to take a step in your direction, in your world, whatever that is, they're gonna come looking to you for the recommendation. Welcome to episode five of season eight of Live in the Feast. I'm Jason, AKA Rez, helping you grow your business by having a conversation with someone who's been there, had success, and built a business designed around the life that they want to live. That's Live in the Feast. If this is your first time listening, hit that subscribe button so that you get notified every time a new episode drops. Live in the Feast is in your podcast app of choice, whether that's CastBox, Breaker, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so on and so forth. Whatever it is, if it's not there, let me know and I'll get it there. If you've heard the show before, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or drop us a comment in Breaker or CastBox. Today's co-host is Miles Beckler, milesbeckler.com. Sorry, I had to do it. But if you don't know who Miles is, he has 17 plus years of profitable digital marketing experience, starting all the way from spamming MySpace back in 2003 to building an agency and then working solely with his wife on their website, providing enormous value in the meditation space. Miles is on a mission to help you focus in on what matters most by sharing exactly what's working in internet marketing today. Obviously, he knows that there's money to be made somewhere, but he's not in it for the Lambo, as he puts it. You'll hear him describe how he's all in as really just being a service for others. This is why I started following Miles on his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash milesb, which at the time of this recording has 100. 31,000 subscribers. He's really a no-nonsense type of guy that is on a mission to be super helpful. During this conversation, he gave us both goosebumps from his excitement and passion. He's a genuine guy that has learned how to be patient, have a vision for the long-term growth of his business, and get that freedom that he and his wife were looking for. In this episode, we dive into even with a very small audience and feeling awkward about publishing and being awkward about being the face of a brand, you can grow your business. We also dive into how to figure out if blogging, video, or podcasting is what you should focus on. And we dive deep into a reflection on the big why and what that means for you when you get punched in the face. I know you're going to love this episode. Straight from the top, Miles starts sharing value. So grab that pen and paper and let's dive in. Hey, Feasters, welcome to another episode of Live in the Feast. I am super excited today to bring to you Miles Beckler, milesbeckler.com. Welcome, Miles. Thanks, Jason. Happy to be here, man. Really excited about uh, this conversation with you. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. I mean, well, it's funny because I was just going to enter in just like your YouTube videos, just Miles Beckler, milesbeckler.com here. And in today's yep. video, <laughs> yep, today's it. podcast, like I love that title. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because like there's all these strategies, tactics, and you see all these things, how to make a YouTube video and all that stuff. And like, you're just like, hey, here I am, here's my website, and here's what yeah. it's going to be. And like, just jump right in, and I'm a no-nonsense type of guy too, and I could appreciate that. Yeah, and it's also like frameworks and structure, right? Like, the less I have to think about like, okay, what's my intro going to be? Man, I could spend a day thinking about writing an intro or trying to be clever versus like, here's who I am, here's where to find me, here's my title, meat and potatoes. I appreciate the efficiency. Some people don't, but uh, I like to also try to fly in the face of common knowledge. 
YouTubers have very, you know, there's a lot of common knowledge that everybody just uh, regurgitates and mm -hmm. I like to test things. And I think my channel has tested some of those things very successfully in, in interesting ways. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I've been watching your videos for some time now and we'll get into a little bit more about what your videos talk about, what you really talk about in there and, and help people do. But I'm an email marketer. I, I do email automation. I do behavioral marketing too. So tying the email automation with websites and things like that. So I'm more of the under the covers guy. And I've always branched around that from my services as products and things like that too. I've always been fascinated on the affiliate marketing side of things. And yes, while I do some affiliate marketing, right. You know, I have links and I have tools that I use. And if people, you know, I recommend it and people like it. Awesome. Great. That's a cup of coffee for me. But for folks out there that are really trying to build diversification in their business, affiliate marketing is one of the most impactful ways and most available ways in which to do it. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're a content creator, right? So where do those affiliate links go? Cause in isolation, an affiliate link is nothing. You're just like spamming the world in some senses, but for a lot of business owners, uh, freelancers, uh, small agency owners, they are always, they're generally looking for the, I don't know, the low hanging fruit client, the client who's ready to pay five grand a month. And, and that's really what they're after, which is like 0.1% of the potential audience. And there's all these other people. There's the, I want you to show me how to do it. I'm a DIY kind of guy. I'll do it myself, but I just want to know your process. So like for you, Jason, it's like active campaign comes to mind with, I don't know if that's what you use specifically, but there's all these automations and there's ways to build like card abandonment sequences and, and there's ways to tie in these value ads for my business. I don't know if I'm ready to spend five grand, 10 grand, but if you had a video series that showed me how to do it myself and I could bang that out in a weekend, I'm clicking on every link that you're showing me because you show me how to get the result that I want. And affiliate marketing is a way to like monetize giving value to that extra audience segment that a lot of business owners are kind of neglecting right now. And it's, it can create a lot of recurring income as well. Cause like hosting and, and email marketing and some of the landing page softwares, they all have recurring revenue. You bring 40, 50 people on and they grow their email lists and your commissions will keep growing each and every month while you continue to service those high end, high ticket, perfect clients. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's always, again, I try to mix in certain products and services in my business. And one of which I'm actually running, I like to run experiments, test things like you. And, you know, I'm running this experiment on essentially a service that allows somebody to hire me specifically for their ConvertKit account or Drip account and really get in there and help them accomplish some tasks. Yeah. They basically hire me for a day, right? And so that's doing in the time at which we're recording this. I mean, we're in the middle of that pandemic right now. And a lot of online businesses are struggling. They're not going to look for me, you know, look for the services that I offer at that high end, you know, month over month over month and building out campaigns and really strategizing on long-term visions and all the rest of it. They're looking to just say, hey, look, we have some low hanging fruit and I just don't understand the app like you do. Can I hire you? And yep. I'm just filling that need just to see like, Hey, look, even in this pandemic, a potential downturn in the market, obviously you can grow your business even in this time. If you just look for those opportunities to serve. Totally. And like right now having an email list is more valuable than ever before. And how many people who, you know, brick and mortar business owners, business owners, okay, I'll get to email marketing someday, right? It's mm -hmm. been on that shelf. It's been someday for like four or five years. And now with the world changing around them, it's like, okay, some days today I'm locked up at home. My business as it was is literally screeching to a halt. What do I do now? If you've got a list of 10,000 people who know you, like you, and trust you, you send an email, you make an offer, you make your money. So people who don't have that and like Nathan and what they're doing over at ConvertKit is absolutely brilliant. And whether you're helping people get started with YouTube videos that teach them and, and literally connect them with Nathan's free account to get going. Cause a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't really even want to invest in the marketing software yet. And that's where some of the affiliate mm -hmm. partnerships there that can meet people at free. And then you teach them how to get going. You teach them how to make money with it. You teach them how to grow their list. Boom. And so I guess the big idea here is it kind of goes back to Eugene Schwartz's idea and breakthrough advertising about the, the awareness levels of the clients. And 
there's the awareness level, but there's also kind of like how advanced are your clients? Because, you know, my wife and I, we've got 100,000 subscribers on our email list. When we put in some of these automations, it's cash flow. Like it pays for itself really, really quickly. But somebody who's got 362 subscribers, like great for them, they have different challenges. They're at a different phase on that growth curve and they need different help. They need different tools and different approaches in those points. And I think it's that holistic idea, right? It, it allows the freelancer, the kind of small agency owner to look at their audience with a broader perspective and think like, okay, so this group of people are over here and if I can meet them where they're at now and help them take these three steps, they might become one of my perfect clients. And they'll damn well trust you when you get to that point if you're the one who helped them get there and how do you monetize, you know, it takes time and energy to make mm -hmm. content, right? Like you and I both are going out of our way today and there was some coordinating of scheduling, some back and forth. So it becomes this situation where you get to just go forth and help business owners. They get to get the results that they're searching for. They're searching YouTube. They're searching Google for how do I grow an email list? How do I build my, how do I get my customers on the email list? How do I switch to convert kit, right? How do I set up a campaign automation income? They're literally searching these phrases every single day. And if they find you and they, take action and they implement a, you could generate cash flow. B, you could generate a relationship and it can really open your business up to these broader segments that you maybe haven't had access to at this point in time. And, and like, uh, I hope I'm not using you as too clear of an example. I'm doing, you know, there's yeah, the yeah. audience listening here and I think grounding it in a little bit of reality is helpful for them because we get, neurons that fire together, wired together. Like our brains, the way the brain actually works is we get in, in ruts. We get in very, we get in rhythms. We get in very small windows. Like we just keep doing this over and over and over again. And sometimes all we got to do is take a step back and look around with a little awareness and boom, there's a whole nother business model. There's two, three, four more streams of income right there available to be plucked from the same tree. But we've just been looking at those 10 grand a month clients in that situation. And I like to try to bring that awareness. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned a few things in there, especially about the content game, the longer term plan, if you will. Now you've been doing this for 15, 20 years almost, right? And so yep. with you and your wife, talk to me a little bit about what that background is, right? So yep. like, you know, where it started, why it started. Yeah. And did you have the vision say, hey, like 15 years from now, this thing, you know, we're going to be fine, right? We're going to weather some storms and we're going to be there. I mean, how did all of that start? Yeah. And I had, I had the vision of we're going to be fine, but I didn't have a vision of how many zeros were possible with the interesting, unique little niche that my wife and I were in. So I started making money online in 03. I was in college and I was doing college radio and my program director, who was another student was like, Miles, I need you at the station more. And I'm like, dude, I got to go to work. I lived in the Bay area. Life was expensive. So he was like, let me show you this thing on the side. Essentially taught me how to like said roughly, um, abrasively, I, I, he taught me how to spam MySpace. I was direct linking affiliates on MySpace. Wasn't growing an email list, wasn't building an audience, wasn't doing any things that need to happen, but it worked. Internet monies became real, like the check mm -hmm. cashed and it was like, holy cow, this is real. So, um, MySpace got sold. My links got turned off. I pretty much went to zero overnight and several years of trying this, that, the other different types of hustles. My wife and I together in 09 co-founded a website together in the spirituality and meditation space. We had both graduated college. I had 50 grand in student loan debt. I was doing real estate investing and it all imploded and my debt was going way up and my income went back to zero again. And the only thing that felt good in my life in that point was meditating. I was depressed. I was frustrated. I was drinking a lot. I was smoking a bunch of weed. I was just mood altering as quickly as I could to not feel how much I didn't like normal life. But the one activity of meditating every day felt really good. Mm. So my wife, turns out she had something similar going on. We're like, man, maybe we need to share this meditation stuff with the world. And we started a blog on that uh, $95.40 investment. And we had no money to invest at all. I had to move back with my parents. And out of that, we learned content marketing, keyword research, how to essentially grow traffic through Google. Mm -hmm. Once that started growing, I actually started an agency. I started posting like, look, our website's now getting a thousand visits a day and kind of sharing socially uh, what we were doing to grow that. We didn't have the monetization dialed, but I had people in my network who were like, yo, I got a little hair salon. I got a yoga studio. Can you help me too? And for four years, I ran an independent agency. Mm -hmm. That got me to freedom. So I was able to fire the boss and work from home fully. And I juggled the two things. My wife and my kind of 
personal brand around her and then also the agency work. And then after four years, the income from what her and I were doing, it just eclipsed what I was doing with the agency stuff. And it just didn't make sense to do one-to-one services. And then I just went all in on my wife as my main client, funnels, Facebook ads, how do we scale this? And at this point we're doing seven figures. And um, in 2016 on this path, I was frustrated with I bought a few courses in a row that were like a thousand and two thousand dollars, and the information in them was like old. It was outdated. It was incomplete. It was some of it was flat out wrong. They were just mm-hmm. telling you to do things that would get you Google penalties, like spin text and stuff in like mm-hmm. 2015. I'm like, whoa, way, 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 way out of alignment. And I got frustrated, and I was like, man, I know more than these chumps selling these two thousand dollar courses. I'm just going to teach everything I know for free. And that's when I started the Miles Beckler YouTube channel. 2016, in three years, it grew to about 550 videos and 100,000 subscribers. Today, I've got 600 videos and about 130,000 subscribers. Didn't expect that to become a business because I give everything away for free. I don't have any courses to sell. I don't have. I'm not building like a business in that sense. But what's happened is I've grown this huge audience who love my content and affiliate marketing, showing people how to get the results they want. Here's how to build a funnel on WordPress. Here's how to build out automations, et cetera. When you show people how to do it, they'll click your links and they'll get the tools that get them the result, right? Keyword research is one of my best performing videos and people want to know how to do keyword research. So I show them the tool I use and how I use it exactly. I got like six videos on it mm-hmm. and they're like, dude, I want that tool. I want that result. They click, they buy, I get a commission every month that they stick with it. So that kind of brings us to a current date. That's where we're at now. And I run, we run those businesses and I got a little, I do affiliate testing on a third party site. I have a, a separate niche site that I play with and bang on. And I just broke everything a couple of days ago, putting Cloudflare in. So I, I have like a testing environment, like a live real business there. But um, at this point, that's kind of the main business. We got about 20 people on our team that help us keep all of this going forward. In comparison to Miles, my business pivots look more like slow bends in the road. Things have changed. Our world is completely flipped upside down. To be honest, there's no better person right now than Miles to hear his story, how he's done it successfully, and be inspired to look around at opportunities that are right there in front of you that you may not see right now. I know that at some point in time, we'll all be allowed back into the world and meet at events and masterminds and retreats to help others inspire us and challenge us. But you don't need those things or to spend a boatload of money to do those things. Learning from other successful people running businesses, trying new strategies and growing together shouldn't be difficult to obtain. In fact, it should really just be as easy as possible especially for learning from other developers and designers and creative professionals providing client services. Welcome Feast Club, feastclub.co. No more stale articles from 2008 on the web giving you advice on how to run your business and double your revenue. As a Feast Club member, you'll be a part of a community of like-minded service providers building predictable income and systems to grow your business, support, confidence, and being challenged from everybody inside of Feast Club helps you make great strides in achieving the goals that you set out for when you started your business in the first place. This is a private community, but there isn't some golden gate that you need to pay thousands or even hundreds of dollars to enter. It's only $5 a month. Inside, you'll find stories, strategies, and resources for marketing optimizing your business, selling your services, pricing your services, and ultimately building your business. It's a safe place for any designer, developer, or client service business owner to share ideas and get support. And yes, land a project or two. You'll get access to a private Slack community and a super secret podcast. You'll also get access to monthly Q&A and virtual co-working sessions. All of this is for only $5 a month. So if you want to check it out and join a community that's built on the saying, a rising tide raises all boats, head on over to feastclub.co today. And yes, you heard that right. It is only $5 a month. I don't know for how long, but for right now, if you join today, you'll lock that in for as long as you are a member. I hope to see you inside the club Now let's get back to the conversation here with Miles and myself.
the thing that always comes to my mind is, and we talked about an email list is essentially yours, right? Like you have a way in which to reach out to contact somebody, right? And if you have enough of an engaged audience and an engaged email list, then you could pitch for lack of a better term for very short sentence, you could pitch them and they would buy. Right. And so the thing that I've always worried about with affiliate is actually going on currently. Right. And from big pink elephant in the room, Amazon is cutting rates, right. Cutting their affiliate rates. And you probably know, well, you do know a lot more about this than I do, but I've heard stories that this has happened in the past. That's what I've always been somewhat worried about. But at a grander scale, I'm always worried about putting my eggs in somebody else's basket. I like to have some control over what is happening. And if I made a huge Facebook following and then they up and left, like you were saying about MySpace, you know, like my audience is gone. But if I have the email list, at the very least, I have a CSV file full of contacts, right? And I can reach out to them in however way I can, right? And so how do you, one, how do you mitigate that risk? And two, how have you adapted over the years when some big shift has happened? And they keep coming. Uh, So like you were around in the penguin days and the panda days, which are updates to Google that just literally wiped people off. Like it wiped out businesses. Mm -hmm. My wife and I, when Facebook organic traffic was cranking, we were getting 350, 400,000 visits per month to her website. Uh, She was posting unique content that she created like 10, 12 times a day, every day for like a year and a half straight and just hitting that machine. Right now, I'll be perfectly honest and candid, we're doing that with Pinterest. And Pinterest is kind of that gameable social. They haven't shut us down yet. So there's just the, it's like an S curve. It's a growth. And every startup goes through this S curve and it's A, knowing that it's coming. And what do I mean by the S curve? So in the early days of a social media world, it's a platform, right? So they have two challenges. Number one is content. Number two is daily active users. Maybe it's monthly active users, probably daily active users. So they're willing to reward the prophetic content creators early with lots of reach and engagement, which got my wife to just go, 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 go and publish a ton of content. But then they hit a point where they're like, mm, yeah, we really don't need that anymore. We've now hit that network effect. We got 1.3 billion people. We're good from here. Everybody's just going to hop on to see pictures of the pets and pictures of the grandkids and catch up with high school students. So they just didn't need us anymore. And I'm using that as a real clear example because that's what Amazon just did. So a proper affiliate program is designed, generally speaking, to be a customer acquisition channel. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's like, I want more customers. So I'm going to partner with people who have audiences. I'm going to give you 50% of the return for bringing me new customers. But at some point, Amazon's like, you know what? We got like 180 million people on prime. Everybody's already buying off of us anyways. We don't really need you to bring us new customers anymore. Or what they actually just said is we value that a little bit less today than we did last week because we're good. And I think also now their warehouses are just jammed up. Their prime two day is like five, six days right now. So they're just like, they're just like, we don't really need to keep incentivizing all of these marketers to drive more traffic to us. We're just, our business is golden right now. So what does this do? It opens the door for that next platform. That's like, yes, I'll take those customers please. So now you have all these affiliates on Amazon and they're like, I don't know if I want to promote Amazon anymore. And with four minutes in Google searching, you can find direct to consumer alternatives, B&H photo video. If you're in the photo world, right? There's, there's all these great new egg. If you're in the computer world, there's all these great options. And so it's kind of that whole, like the whole game and path to this point has been adapting. And so it's like, I always know it's coming. I know Pinterest is going to turn off the traffic faucet for me at some point. So I'm getting as many leads as I can. To me, a lead is an email opt-in because I own that list. And regardless of what happens, as you said, that's like my asset, but it's not just the list, right? So I guarantee we could go find a $20 list of email addresses for a million email addresses. And there's no value in that for us because there's no relationship there. Mm -hmm. So it's, it is the list, but it's also the willingness to send helpful content to send, to help them because every person on the list. And I think once we start building email lists and hundred thousand, five thousand, a thousand, eight hundred subscribers, whatever it is, those are human beings. They're real people. They have challenges. They have needs. They have goals. They have wants. They have desires. They have kids. They have lives. They have troubles. They're dealing with the pandemic too. And when we lose sight of that, because it becomes a number in a database, that's a gigantic problem. And a lot of people get there. 
in staying human and continuing to send lots of value to them and being the linchpin in their life, right? That great book, Seth Godin, the linchpin, mm-hmm. like being that person that they, they're like, man, I, I could never live without Jason. Like I need my daily res, right? I need, I can't live without that. When you become that person to them, when the timing is right for them to take a step in your direction, in your world, whatever that is, they're going to come looking to you for the recommendation. And if you're in their inbox, when the timing is right for them to hire a consultant to take on that big project, you're the one they think about because you're there and you've been so helpful and they just want to reciprocate. So the money is not necessarily in the list. The money is in the relationship that you have with the list. So my wife and I, you know, the Gary V jab, 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 right hook idea. He summed it up in a book title. I never even read the book. Didn't need to. That's it. Like, like give value, give value, give value, make offer, Mm -hmm. give value, give value, give value, make offer. And I'm in a position now. So I've been doing nothing but give value. Like I said, I got, I got no products on my channel. So I have an opportunity to, if I wanted to, or needed to, I could, I could liquidate some of this goodwill that I put out into the world. Luckily, my wife and my business is doing great. Everything's good. I don't need to. So I'm just going to keep pouring value in. I look at it like a bank account and you have Mm. to make deposits before you make withdrawals. And everybody wants the withdrawals. We all want to make internet monies. We all want to get more money from it, but it's like, okay, cool. Well, how many deposits are you making? How much goodwill are you putting forth in the lives of other people? How much help are you helping them with? And it's a quantity of help and B, the depth of the help. Are you helping people with $10 problems or are you helping people with $10,000 problems? Because somebody who teaches me how to put the right card abandonment sequence, I mean, we bring in a thousand plus new customers every month. Mm -hmm. The right card abandonment sequence could bring Mm -hmm. 150 new customers a month, average order, average lifetime value, $71, $72 per customer. Bingo. That's a $10,000 problem for me, right? Right. Versus, uh, you know, I can't find somewhere good to eat. Let me go, oh, that, that Thai food joint is rated really well, that might be a 35 cent problem. Mm -hmm. So there's all these kind of metrics. And and I think email marketing is that's the one hub. Like I said, my first business, it all came crashing down because I I wasn't building a relationship. I wasn't being that point contact. I was just kind of a middleman. And I think that's affiliate marketing done wrong. And that's what a lot of people think affiliate marketing is. Affiliate marketing done right is like, I use this. I love this. It creates these results for me let me show you how I use the tool to get those results. And by the way, if you want it, you can just click right here. Full disclosure, like on the very top of my website, affiliate disclosure is the absolute topmost thing you see. Clear as day. Like I'm, mm. I'm not nothing sneaky, like just full disclosure. I use this tool. Here's how I use it. Here's the results it's got me. If you want that, follow the tutorial and boom, we're all good from there. It's a magical world we live in. Like we're all <laughs> doing this stuff anyways. Like I recommend movies to friends and family. Mm-hmm. That's all great affiliate is, is just making little recommendations of the things we use and love. Affiliate marketing just allows that to turn into a residual income stream. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have a few questions off of that, but before I dive into that, I always love to ask every person that comes on the show, what has been your defining moment in life so far? Yeah, so it was in that story with my wife and I. So my wife and I met and I'm like, entrepreneur, this is going to work. Didn't have anything going on. This is what I'm saying, right? Like big dreams. Look, yeah, girl, I got you. We'll figure this out together. And I was doing some network marketing. I was doing all these weird side hustle things, playing in the world of scammy, get rich quick stuff. I'm a, I'm a recovering opportunity seeker. Uh, bought my first scam at 12 years old uh, from the Penny Saver magazine. It was ridiculous. Nice. So uh, at one point I was just all in uh, drinking the Kool-Aid and I couldn't afford rent anymore. And my wife and I had to move back in with my parents. Uh, I was 30, newly married. My dad was retired at home, very small house. I grew up kind of working class, poor, very uncomfortable situation. $50,000 in student loan debt, had to tail between my legs, go get a job. And out of that depth, that was rock bottom, undoubtedly. And, and disgust is the emotion. That was the dominant mm-hmm. emotion. And out of that, I found a new gear. And I got to this point of like, one way or another, I'm figuring this out. And my wife and I, we kind of both hit that point. And that was when meditation was one of the few things that felt good. I was mood altering. I was just going to happy hour all the time. And finally, I was like, I got to stop all that BS. I got to take this head on. And meditation felt good. I've always heard in the niche business world, just share what you love, share what works for you. And we went all in on it. And man, we worked 80, 90 hour weeks with day jobs and commutes. And I was set my alarm at four, four thirty in the morning to work for three hours before going to my job. Mm-hmm. Right? Why give my boss, the man, the best hours of my day? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I, I made a change because I was so frustrated with the life I had created. I was going to give myself the three best hours of my day, which was the first 
hours of my day. So I wake up at 4.30, cup of coffee, and boom, straight into WordPress, boom, straight into keyword research. And in that time, when we took that intensity from being so fed up with how low we got in life, when we took that intensity to the next level, things really started to shift quickly for us. Part, I think, was the uh, definitiveness of purpose, and part was just flat out how much activity and how much work product we were putting out on it. And so it's like out of that deep, dark place, that's where the catalyst for change happened. That's where everything just started to open up from there. And it's, it's been an interesting ride of wandering through different algorithms that are turning me on and off. But uh, we, we still work really hard. We're still really passionate about our audiences. And it all kind of came from that point of like, I just got to give to the world. If I, if I help enough people, if I help a million people meditate every single day or every single month, I know I'll get mine somehow. Like there's money in that somewhere. So let me just focus on that challenge. And now I'm doing the same thing on digital marketing. If I can help a million people become better digital marketers than they were before they found my videos, I know I'll be good in some way, shape or form. So it's intensity of focus on that outcome. Not how can Miles get some? Um, Miles mm-hmm. wants a Lambo. How can Miles get, get some income coming so I can afford, you know, so I can flex in front of a Lambo. It's just a different focus. It's a little bit different philosophy, but that, that drives me at this point. Yeah, that's awesome. And you said something before we pressed record and you summed it up awesome. So I'm not even going to try to do that, but could you just share what your mission is right now? Yeah. So, um, and this is a part of why I don't charge for courses. Like I could easily put together a $997 course and and webinars and evergreen, blah, blah, blah. Um, But that's in service of self. I'm really like, I think the world is all about being of service to others. And I think if more people focus on helping others, we'd be in a great place. And right now I need my viewers and the listeners right here to become economic engines for their families, for their communities, because our world is changing at a rampant pace. Business as we know it, bricks and mortar, man, it's crazy. I'm getting chills. You can say it's crazy to think about what our world's going to be like in 2021, 2022, where are people going to make money, right? Like, like everybody's in the service industry and ain't nobody want to go sit down at a restaurant. What are all those servers going to do? So I'm putting out as much free. Here's exactly how to build a business from scratch. If you have skills, if you don't have skills, here's all of it, hundred percent free because I want these people to become economic engines for their families and their communities because I want to live. It's, it's, it comes back to me for sure. This is mildly selfish. I want to live a normal life, right? I don't want this world. I don't want to live in a collapsing culture, right? Mm-hmm. I want to live. I want to be able to go to stores. I want to be able to go get Thai food from time to time. I want to smile and wave at people and not feel fear. I want to know my country folk are good, are taken care of. And, and that's kind of like my driving force. And so when I'm, when I'm feeling like, you know, I don't feel like doing a video today, which was yesterday, I did not feel like doing the video. It took 30 takes to get it out. But like, why am I going to persevere? It's that. It's those folks. It's because I know I got an audience of 130,000 people now. And when it was zero, I did the same damn thing. They're waiting for it. They need it. They're looking for it. How do I know they're looking for it? Keep research. I got data. It says 3,400 people look for how to do SEO. So I'm like, all right, I got to teach them everything about SEO. And every other SEO video in the world, it's got a great title. It's got a great intro. And then it switches halfway through. By the way, if you buy my course, you'll learn everything you need. And there's a bunch of frustrated people dealing with that nonstop. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world. And it's, it's amazing. I, there's people that like, I got a dude who he's in the moving business and he's got like the seven figure, he's helping people start moving companies with pickup trucks. And there's, there's all these little things that are happening. And I think positive change in our world happens from the ground up. It's a grassroots thing. And I'm just trying to make sure there's a library of helpful information out there for anyone at any economic situation. My wife says I'm making videos for my 18 year old self who couldn't afford the courses. And she's a hundred percent right. But uh, I just had to make sure it's all out there because um, I know from doing it, anyone can create millions of dollars online. It's really, really difficult. It takes a lot of time. You maybe don't need that many dollars. Cool. But like, would three grand a month help? Like for a lot of people, that's the difference between frustration around their kids all day, every day and being happy and smiling and raising their children in an environment that's going to be happy, healthy, and positive. And that's going to help our world become a better place. Love it, man. Wrap it up right there. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I think we need these big goals, right? Yes. We need these big whys because it's tough. Like you deal with, you've been in the game as long as you've been in the game, you've dealt with stuff that would crush most people. And the things I've persevered through, my wife have persevered through, they crush entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. The wannabes, the, the oh yeah, bro, CEO in my Instagram handle. Uh-huh, cool. Wait to get punched in the face because it's over. So when I get punched in the face, it's like, why am I still doing this? It's like, because Sally and Johnny and Jay and all these people, man, 
No one else is doing it for them. So I have to keep showing up. I don't have an option to stop. And boom, there's that leverage to keep it going. And I did 120 videos in 120 consecutive days. It was brutal. It was horrible. And it changed my life forever. And that's, it's just content, man. Let's just help some people. If we all helped other people, how cool would our world be? Yeah. It'd be amazing. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I've, I said this to my wife, like I live in New York. I'm right in the center of all of this that's going on right now in the U.S. and, and even more cases than some countries, right? And yeah, absolutely. You know, I've had close friends, family pass away from this. So like I'm in the mix, right? And so yeah. for me and my wife and, you know, we have two kids, three and one, right? Very young. They don't know what's going on, right? But I said to my wife, I said, look, we moved to this community when my three-year-old was one. And like, we moved here because we liked the community. We liked the area. We liked the people, right? And so we moved here. And now it's like, I said to her, I said, what can we do to support the local community? So we just, at least every Saturday, and sometimes during the week, we just try to call up whatever restaurant is open and at least do our part to help support them in some way, right? Because I yep. said to her, I said, I don't want this whole thing to go away. And then there's no Oceanside anymore. Right. Because everybody had to close up, right? Like, how can right. we do that? And like, I'm with you on that. Nobody wants to live in a ghost town. Yeah. Nobody wants to live in a ghost town. I live, I've got two places and both of them are in touristy spots. And like, I want the whole foods to remain open. I want, I want those things. So it is, there is kind of a, a for self part of it, but at the same time, I think that like, how do we help? So when the PBE, right, the, the face masks mm -hmm. and stuff like aren't making it to medical people and they're wearing garbage bags. Like I found a couple of places I was able to donate thousands of dollars without mm -hmm. even thinking about it. Just, and hundred percent of that money went into PPE and I didn't have, I didn't look at my bank account. I wasn't like, can we afford a bit? No, I was just like, boom, I'm doing it down here, there, there, just literally started throwing money around. I'm blessed to be able to do that. But that's the result of all of what I've been mm -hmm. doing for 10, 50, those 80 hour weeks coming together, living below my means, not buying a Lambo and just, man, more people. I think people want to be in a position to help in these little ways, whether it's, you know, shopping out, buying local, all these little things. And I think we're can, of course we can. Americans are so resilient and like Canadians, Western, but we're all so resilient. And what's happening is our, our world is changing around us and we're becoming more of a digital first world. And I think we're becoming more of a micro maker type world mm -hmm. where as we start to buy a little bit more Etsy's and a little less Walmart main China stuff. And I think people are starting to think about these types of things and we're on the forefront and there's some digital first businesses right now that are just exploding mm -hmm. because our world is going more. And I think we're just kind of being forced and thrust into this next level of some sort of an evolution where we're kind of sort of evolving along with this internet thing, kind of all together towards this next level where before it was like, ah, I could buy that online, but I'll just go grab it in the store. And now it's like, mm, no, I'm going to, I'm going to buy that thing online. And the question becomes, well, am I going to go to the mega corporation or can I find like a one-off handcrafted thing from here? What other options do we have? And, and there's some cool new stuff coming out of that. Um, so there's all, there's entire new economies sprouting up mm -hmm. uh, that we can, we can now make our monies digitally from anywhere. I've lived in over 20 countries in the process of building this business and I can flow my money into different communities. So I make a lot of money from over here and there and I'm whoop, bringing it back into my little community here and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I want a fence built. Cool. Buy a fence from a local guy. Boom. A couple grand right into my community. Now it's his kids, it's this, it's that. And it's, it is, it really kind of cycles around in that, in that thinking. Uh, cool that we've got that commonality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I could talk all day. I mean, <laughs> my neighbor across the street, he's a, he's a contractor, business owner. And you know, he's very much the same thing. I mean, we've been talking just in this whole thing, like what could we do for this area? Right. And so right. his business basically shut down. Like he's a contractor. He does kitchens and baths, right? Nobody's doing kitchens and baths right now, right? But he decided even just at the advent, like when this whole thing was just starting to emerge, or at least we heard it starting to emerge in China, he decided, look, I'm going to do electrostatic. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of electrostatic sprayers and my guys are going to figure this out. And we're going to figure this out together. And now he's doing 33,000 square foot commercial offices, cleaning them and, wow. and all this other stuff. So he's changed his whole business around just from all of this. And like you said, there's new yep. economies that are happening and so on and so forth. But you talked a little bit about, you know, just giving content, giving content, giving content, right? And giving value, right? And so, you know, for the developers, the designers, I myself, I'm an introvert. Yeah. And a lot of them like, hey, I don't want to be a face. 
I don't yeah. want to, which I always kind of like, I say, okay, well, you have your own business. So you have to be the face for a little while, right? Like this is you, right? And they're going to buy from you unless you have so much money that you acquire a business, you are the business, right? And so right. how do you get over the hurdles? And you admitted yourself, like you were behind the scenes with your wife for a long time and now you're yeah. putting out the contents on YouTube since 2016. How did you come out from behind the other side of the camera, let's say, and now be a face? Awkwardly. <laughs> um, it, it was, it was a, a bumpy start. And I think what happens a lot of times people are, oh, okay, cool. I can start making YouTube videos and they go look at what YouTubers are doing now, which is a mistake. Cause you're gonna be like, but damn, these guys are really yeah. good. Yeah, they are. Go watch their first videos and it's awkward at best. Right? So first real quick. So my wife's website is built on WordPress. It's a blog, obviously a lot of written content over a thousand posts. It's reached 40 million people from her blog for the first three or so years. Her face was not even on that blog. It was just the written content. She started a YouTube channel. I think her first two videos had her face. She was like, this is really uncomfortable. So she went to audio only with slideshows on it. And her YouTube channel is like 170,000. So her YouTube channel is bigger than mine. So what she did when we first were getting going was number one, she wrote like a machine. And number two, she did what was required personally to get comfortable with publishing and eliminate that whole thought. And for her, it was just flat out to let it be a brand name. It's a brand name. It wasn't, it's not her name.com. And she just published. And like at the bottom, it was like, Bob Melanie was like the only thing. And eventually she got so comfortable with it that she was ready to step into it and own that and to be that. Now I had watched her grow this blog to, you know, 800,000 plus visits per month. So my thought was like, okay, miles back, it's time for me to come out of the closet, come out from behind the scenes and start sharing what I know. And I attempted to force myself to blog. That was the first iteration attempt over and over and over. Cause I saw clearly my wife blogged, she built a huge business. So obviously I need to blog. turns out I don't like writing. I believe I was kind of like shamed in elementary school or, or at mm -hmm. some point in my educational career, I was shamed and I don't like proofreading and I just don't enjoy it. But I tried to force myself to do that. So I was at a personal development seminar, Kyle Cease evolve out loud. And he just challenged me to do something that, that scared me to death for 90 days. It was just a get out of your comfort zone. I'm really into that growth idea. Growth happens at the edge of your comfort zone mm -hmm. type philosophy. So I was like, fine, I'm gonna just try a video. Uh, I was staying at an Airbnb on a red leather couch in Hollywood, California. And I just put my phone on a tripod and I just recorded a video. And I was like, hi, I'm Miles. And this is, oh, this is painful, right? Like it's just, please, anybody who's mm -hmm. like thinking about doing YouTube, go watch my first videos. And then the second one, I'm like yelling. I'm literally, I was at the beach and like, I could hear the waves. So I'm like, hi, hi. And it's like <laughs> awkward volumes and like whatever. And I, nobody saw my first one. Nobody saw my second one. And eventually what happens, it's going through a learning curve. Uh, it's actually three learning curves at the same time. But like eventually what happens is you get comfortable with the process. So like how to record the actual technical stuff got relatively easy. I used my cell phone with a $40 lovelier microphone that plugged in my cell phone and then how to upload to YouTube. That's actually pretty easy. And then I got comfortable communicating effectively, like real deal, like mm -hmm. me. Cause like, so if we were hanging out together, having a cup of tea, a cup of coffee or whatever, this is pretty close to how I communicate. But in the early days it wasn't. And there was a period when I was trying to be like other people mm -hmm. where I was like trying to be calmer, where I was trying to be more animated than I am. And just through doing it enough times and getting enough data points on the board, I found what felt comfortable to do mm -hmm. over and over again. And then I went with that. So for people who are listening and trying to get started, the first big key is what is your medium of communication? What is your media? Are you going to be an audio person? Are you going to be a video person? Or are you going to be a writer? And it needs to be one of those three because the core content must either be a podcast, YouTube video, or blogging on WordPress is my personal opinion. That's the start. Social media can support that. We can cut it up, slice and dice it. I ignored social media completely on my trajectory to 100,000 subscribers because I ain't really got much time for social. But that's it. And then, so step one is, okay, I know these things. I'm a freelancer. I'm a designer. I've been doing this for years. I know this stuff. How do I teach what I know through the medium I'm most comfortable teaching in? And it's like this realization that nobody's going to find my first videos. I sure as hell didn't share them on social. Hey, here's my very first video. That's terrible and awkward. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Cause all the haters are going to come out of the woodwork and be like, well, I don't think you should quit your day job, buddy. Like these are pretty bad. 
but I had seen where my wife got to, and I've seen it, you just see it over and over and over that so many people get good by doing it. And if anyone's ever tried surfing or snowboarding or anything that requires competence, woodworking, like I cannot build a square cabinet at all, like level and squared, no, no comprehension of it. And it's just because I haven't done it enough. If I had a wood shop and I went and showed up every single day and built like a little table every day, eventually they'd get really, really nice. Mm. And that's what I do with my YouTube videos. Just like snowboarding, you fall your first day and eventually you get a little better. One of the big challenges is to mention Gary V again, you know, he's everywhere and he's like, you got to be everywhere. You gotta be on Instagram and Pinterest and da, 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 da. And people take on too many learning curves at one time. Mm -hmm. And so when I started on YouTube, a couple of things were aligned for me. Number one, I had built a team around my business and my wife and my business wasn't all consuming. Like I still spent 40, 50 hours a week on it, but I had this extra like 10, 15 hours a week I was ready to dedicate. And then when I made the commitment to go into YouTube, I committed to flex the muscle every single day for 90 days to just blast my way through the learning curve and really not anything else. I didn't try Twitter marketing. I didn't try, how do I promote this? How do I turn this into a podcast? How do I transcribe this and turn it into a blog? I did nothing but videos for one year before ever starting to think about syndicating the content. Mm. And I'm a professional content syndicator. <laughs> I was doing that professionally for six years full time before I even entered the curve. So as a complete pro, I just literally did 250 videos in as short of a period of time as I could mm. to get to where I was like, boom, I got this. I feel good about it. I'm confident and I'm happy with what I'm producing. And it takes less time. So I had this extra time that I had freed up because I just got better at the process. And then it was like, okay, how do I get this on my blog? How do I turn this into a podcast, which is actually, you know, video and podcasts actually mm -hmm. marry together really, really well. And now I'm addicted to it. And I would ask you, have you ever skipped, like, I don't know what your current recording process is, but have you ever gone like two or three weeks without recording a podcast at this point? Well, it's funny because I do seasons. So I take a three. Ah, so you got an off season. It's not because of the way that okay. uh, I've been podcasting since 2014. And so you, you said, pick your medium. I'd much rather yep. pull up a microphone. I'm not a writer. Yeah. I've learned how to write, but I'd much rather pull up a microphone and have a conversation with somebody than write a blog post. Like that's just me. Right. But because of the apartment that I lived in, it wasn't video conducive. It was very tiny and I didn't want- You're up in the like, closet with clothes hanging so, around. I mean, I, the rooms themselves were great for the acoustics because it was small and, you know, wasn't like it was easy enough to do. But for video, I didn't want a whole setup. I'm like, oh, I got to get yep. the lighting. I got to get the recording. And then, like, and then if I mess up, like, oh, then I got to do it all over again. And so for me, that was the roadblock. But for yeah. podcasting, it was awesome, right? But now, because it's funny that you, you asked that, is because my off season is designing the next season. So while I may not be recording, I am thinking about, okay, because each season has that theme to it. And so when the theme and the story arc of all of the episodes come together, I want that sort of cohesive free course, right? So I have a pricing theme. I have a specialization, you know, niching down season. So you could binge listen. And this is what some of the audience members have told me. They're like, hey, I needed to learn about pricing. I just went to your season and I got all 12 episodes. And that's awesome. I did it, right? And so that was why I started putting content out in the way that I did, because I wish I had something like that when I started out, right? And so like, I look at that very much like here you do, like, I've bought courses that were disappointing. I've been let down in some ways with, you know, the content that's out there and then only to say, Hey, like you have to pay more to get the next thing. And I was just like, okay, well I get it. And while I do have courses myself, all the, the stuff that I put out there was also inside my course. It's just it's how it's all packaged together really. Right. Yep. And how much time and access that there's one-on-one -on -one and things like that. That's essentially what the course for me, how I look at courses, that's what you pay for is the access 100%. to the person, the time that they invest in you and so on and so forth. But my podcasts, the content that I put out there, the tweets that I put out there, it's all just, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what's working for me today. If it resonates with you, why don't you give it a try? Right. And so right. I'm with you on that medium. I always say to you, I'm like, podcast is the easiest. If you don't want to be a face, yeah. you don't have to be a face. Just be the voice. Right. You're talking 100 agree. You're talking to clients all day long. You're talking to leads all day long. Just be the voice. Right. 
and today it's easier than ever. So like the, the hardware we're all using in our pockets, I didn't buy a DSLR camera. Like every, like I kind of said earlier, I, I try to fly in the face. I'm using a, I think it's a $60 webcam right now. I'm not, I'm use. not upgrading people are like miles. You need to upgrade. You should be doing 60 P blah, blah, blah. 60 friends. I'm like, no, like I'd have to think and ah, no. But so people who have an iPhone with like a lightning port, there's a, a microphone called the Shure MV88. Michael Victor 88 by sure they sure has been making rock and roll microphones forever. It is so good. So my wife and I, we do audio meditations is what we record. So, and we traveled all around the world. So I've had these travel rigs. I've had dozens of microphones, this little $150 microphone that plugs into a freaking iPhone lightning port sounds so good. It's out of control and that's it. There's the tech, right? You need like a little selfie stick tripod thing. You put that on, you click record and you just go. A lot of people will think, okay, cool. My medium's this. Now I got to build a studio. No, you don't. That's resistance. That's you trying to put other things that I need to do. That's sharpening all them pencils before making your sales calls. And the only thing that actually needs to get done is making those sales calls. And this is human nature. We do this. And it's like the quicker we start, the quicker we go through the awkward process. And I found the more frequently that I do it. And that's why I was asking you about the off season. So when I I've shifted. I've done a video every day for extended periods of time. I've done three videos a week for years and now I'm doing one video per week and I actually find it more difficult to show up when I'm doing one video a week than doing more. And it's like going to the gym. If you take a few weeks off and go to the gym, it's like, man, I, I should go to the gym, but damn, I'm just lazy. Right. And it's the more frequent and the more consistent we get with it, the better off we are. And that to go, we got to dovetail this back to the big why right? Why are you going to do it? And it literally could be to provide a better life with more freedom for your kids. It could be to spin up a second income. It could be something big. So you can have, so you can get to seven figures and you can start donating five grand a month because that's what you want. You, you might want to start a church and you might want to completely fund. I don't know what that is for you, but when people get this, this bigger why that's bigger than themselves, that's the kind of like, ah, I don't really feel like making my podcast. That was kind of tough last time, but I got this why. And if I don't, then I'm letting them down. I'm letting the parish down. I'm letting, I'm letting the, the group of kids, I'm letting the food bank down because that's really where my heart and my passion is. And when we get that little bit of leverage on ourselves, we'll overcome it. And when you get it done enough, uh, I've done a lot of snowboarding, some pretty aggressive stuff. I lived in Tahoe right across from a lot of ski resorts and it hurt. I've fallen, I've injured myself, but man, there were some days when you get it going and you're like, you wake up and you just can't wait to get on the hill. And that's how content is for me now. I just, I wake up, I'm up at, I, I wake up naturally at like 5am mm -hmm. and I'm like, cool, cup of tea. What am I creating for my audience today is my dominant thought, whether it's an email, a couple of tweets, a little social something, or my big video for the week. And now I'm, I'm prepping out my videos. I'm, I'm trying to put out even more high value videos than I ever did before, but that's the dominant thought. What can I create for my people? And they drive me. And so it ain't about me anymore. Cause when it's about me, I can be lazy. Mm -hmm. If I'm just thinking about me, if I only care about my stuff, it's like, oh, I'm good. I got enough money in the bank. Everything is good. It's like, man, but they don't. And I got to keep showing up to help my people get to where they need to be because that's how this country might save itself. Ooh, it's heavy. It's a little bit heavy, but that's how I motivate myself. And the listener needs to know themselves, mm -hmm. right? Cause like my type of why, if you just take on my why mm -hmm. it might not resonate and it might weigh people down. And I mean, I don't have kids, right? Like I live a unique lifestyle that I've built. So like, I ain't got kids and I don't have pets. Like I barely have a garden. So like, <laughs> uh, and that's a part of it. But if I had kids, I guarantee mm -hmm. that legacy for that, that would be a big part of my why. And anything to get leverage, to get started, to get into motion. And then how do you stay in motion long enough to get addicted to it? Look at gym rats. They're addicted mm -hmm. to going to the gym. They're all freaking out right now. They're buying Peloton because they can't go to the gym. <laughs> but like they get, you get to the point where the gym, the first few days are tough. It's sore. It hurts. Your, your form is awkward. You just, you feel out of place. You feel like everybody knows what they're doing around you, but you same damn thing on podcasting, YouTube or blogging, but eventually you kind of become a part of the culture. And now, so Jason, we met on Twitter and like now my content game's good. I don't really promote much of my stuff on mm -hmm. Twitter. I'm there now to meet other people who are creating. So I'm like, well, how do you create? Like I'm, I'm gaining inspiration from you and what you're doing. And some of the other people that like, that were like Matt G, right. Mm -hmm. And like, there's, there's all these other people who I'm following and I'm now starting to work on style once you get mm -hmm. good enough at snowboarding, then you start to let the style flow, right? And it's all style points. But in the beginning, it's just like, man, I don't want to fall down and hit my face again. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's unfortunate that yeah. that's the truth, but that, that is the truth. And so when you were getting started in 2014 with your podcast, did, did you just, were you interviewing people? Did you oh. just kind of like put up a microphone and brain dump your idea or like, where did your start come from? It was, <laughs> it was horrible. Right. And it was me and a couple of other developers in a, we always called it a, a loosely irregular podcast of geeks. Right. Because what all we did was we loaded up Google Hangouts, pressed record, go live, whatever that button was. And we just talked. It was me and the other guy with the host. We brought on a third guy, but then we'd always bring on one or two other people. And we were in the WordPress space, me and the other host, Bronson Quick, and he's Australian. Right. So he's on the other side of the planet. This is how sweet it is. Right. And you're on the East Coast. So, yeah, that's painful. So there was like maybe an hour and a half of daylight where one of us was either getting up real early or staying up real late, right? And so that's why it was irregular. We did it once a month, right? And it was the work, like you could go look at it. I still have the website up. The podcast is out there, right? And it's WP Dev Table. So you can look at how grainy the video is. You know, you can look at the bad lighting. You could hear it. Like there was no cadence on anything, but all we wanted to do was sort of learn from other people, more experienced people in the same space. And we invited them on to talk about their thing. And that was it. And it was terrible. Like we had no regular Tuesday release. We had no regular like social media promotion. Yeah. We didn't even have a website to start. It wasn't until like episode seven or eight that we were like, hey, we should probably put up a website. Like it was just one of those things. And so we just did it. The 12th, the 21st, four weeks later, like it was terrible, right? And so it was just us doing what we wanted to do. And then other people heard about it and they started to come and started to listen. And they, you know, we were like, hey, we would get questions all the time. When does the next episode come out? And like, we were so terrible. Like, I don't know. Yeah, we were just like, I don't know, whatever we could figure out the day that matches up. But for us, it was a good win. I mean, one of the experiments that I ran was Ask Res. It was a daily podcast right? And all it was, was the premise was is that I was getting asked all these questions, whether it was from social, whether it was through email, whether it was just, you know, in random Slack groups that I'm in, they were asking all these questions. And I was getting a lot of the similar questions over and over again. And so I was like, I should just make a podcast. Yep. Anytime somebody sends me a question, quick two to seven minute answer, depending on how in depth I wanted to get. And I'll just put it out there. And I did it as an experiment. I was like, can I do a, a podcast every single day for 30 days? That was the premise. And it did. I kept seeing the downloads go higher and higher and higher. And I was like, okay, well, people are asking the question. They're probably searching it. Like you were saying, like you're going to search for these questions, finding it, listening to the show. And it was so bite-sized that they could binge 10 in a row and it was only a half an hour. Right. And so all of these things, I went for a full year and then I, I said, look, you know, I was episode 261 because that was the number of work days that was in that year. And so I said, look, I'm stopping it. <laughs> like for me, it, the muscle was easy, but I started getting some repeat questions or very similar questions. And I was just like, okay, look, the content's here now. So let me just stop and pause it. I'm going to be relaunching it. I was actually planning to relaunch it, but Nonetheless, it was that exercise of doing it every single day. Got better at it. Got better at it. If you listen to episode one, I just used anchor.fm like because it was on my phone. I could just record into my phone and answer the question and they did everything else, right? Yeah. And once they started trying to monetize their platform, like changing the algorithm and things like that, and somebody said, hey, you got anchor.fm to sponsor your show? No. And I, did, I rarely listened back to those shows. What are these ads in front of right. your free stuff that you're doing? And they were basically bookending the podcast with their own ads. And I was just like, oh, well, I don't like that. Let me, you know, let me go host it somewhere else. And I, you know, I had this podcast. And so I had this, the infrastructure there. But it was just, it was that exercise of just doing it every single yeah. day. And if I, you listen to episode one of Ask Res, it was terrible. It sounded grainy. I didn't even have any cadence, nothing, no music, nothing. And by the end of it, I had just a small little jingle in the front, but that was just really just to kind of like get me amped up and run into the show. But the anchor, you're right. It's just, it's to be able to just start the process, push that boulder over the hill. And once you get it on the yep. other side of the hill, then it becomes easier. Yep. And so my intro that you mentioned, uh, that's my anchor. So when I, when I say that phrase, my name, my 
URL.com, boom, it's like, it's like a subconsciously it's, it's go time. And it, it's a way to just kind of build that habit. I got two things that you mentioned that I think are so valuable for the listeners here. I love that you just kind of like awkwardly started and it was pivot after pivot after pivot after pivot. And people look at, you know, what you're putting out, what I'm putting out today. And they're like, man, they got it all figured out. And it's like, oh, well, we sure didn't. Right. And we're still learning and we're still pivoting and, and we're still trying this and trying that. So it, it's like, it's a never completed. It's always something we're working on. And for people listening, there's a segment of people who are experts. They've been doing what they've been doing for a long time. They've been designing for 15, 20 years. And there's going to be a segment of people who aren't experts. And I think the podcast, for people who don't feel like they're experts yet, the podcast is brilliant. Because just like you did, you invite on people who are better than you. You get to be the curious student. You get to ask, and they will give you their best stuff. And people, it's, it's kind of flattery a little bit, right? They, they'll love to share with mm-hmm. you. So you're learning while you're getting all this content out of them, and you're getting a association with your name and their name on your podcast feed. You stick with that for a while and you become known because your name's always next to the other big people in your world. So I think that's one of the other big benefits of podcasting that that podcasting lends. One of the challenges is it can become the book tour because everybody wants to tour Mm -hmm. their books on podcasts. And then the last note is, so people are going to look and be like, well, yeah, but it's already done, right? Well, Miles, you got 600 videos on that and you're in the space I am. But there were people who already had the game figured out. There were digital marketers teaching digital marketing on YouTube before I started, right? And I've got this philosophy that there's always room at the top. And it's because people go through different phases of their business. That S curve we talked about earlier with the social medias. And and so like you did the daily, the daily res for a bit. And then you're like, ah, it ain't there anymore more for whatever reason, X, Y, Z. So you, you kind of pulled out. There's the opening for the next people. I was doing a video a day, every day. Then I went to three a week. Now I'm down to one a week. There's the opening. Somebody could do seven a week, which is what I did literally 90 days. So in, I don't know, four years, you'd have more videos than I would. So we all go through these different evolutions on the business. I did six months. And finally, my wife was like, Miles, you tell all your students to build an email list and you don't have an email list. And I was like, oh yeah, huh? She was like, what would you tell your students to do? So I did nothing but videos, didn't even grow my list for six months straight. But now I spend more time emailing my list. I spend a little bit more time working on getting the content onto my blog. And there's just, there's always an opening for an ambitious, excited, ready to go motivated person to just stake their claim Mm -hmm. and to just build something new. And if you can't beat them, be different, do something different. Just let your natural you flow out. You'll be amazed at what happens. It just takes thousands of iterations. It just, it literally just takes like years of doing it to be perfectly honest. It's not a three month thing. The results in my YouTube channel really didn't start to stack up till about nine months. They got really exciting at nine months. Um, I was making money as an affiliate after four or five, but after nine months of something like 200 videos, the moment I was in, the, it was like, yeah, like looking at those data points, that's great. Most people get three months in, they're like, ah, this stuff doesn't work. At the end of my 120 day challenge, so I did a video a day, every day for 120 days. I had been full-time online for six years. I'd been making money online for 13 years when I started. I had 450 subscribers after pouring my life into this thing for four months straight. And most people look at that and say, this isn't worth it. That didn't work right? And I just knew the power of compounding would take over if I stuck with it. Because it went from 450 to 1500 to 3600, 10,000, 20, 30, 60, hunt, boom, right? And, and now I'm just, it's on this trajectory. And now I do this much work. I'm doing way less work today than I did in the beginning. And I'm getting hundreds of times the results mm. that I did in the beginning. And it's, it's because of all that effort. And just like you with the compounding results from, from your podcast too. It's wide open, man. Like, and I think our world needs more voices. There's no new messages. There's just new messengers, right? Like mm. you and I probably say the same thing on different pocket in different places. Mm-hmm. And there's a hundred other content creators saying the same damn thing we are. And yet we each got our people who just vibe with us. Right. And some of your audience is going to listen to me like, dude, this guy miles, I can't handle him off back. <laughs> that's okay. Right. And some of my people hear you like, oh, this New York guy can, that's okay too, because we each will find it. Right. And there's, um, boy, I just, I hope more people take the leap and, and just start creating something because I think our world will be a better place when more people create because they'll create their economic engines. They'll create more goodwill and more value. And we can make this world a better place. We really can. The technology is in our pockets. Yep. It's the cell phone. Yep. It's this thing. Absolutely. Well, this has been awesome. And I know you extended your time. So I, I want to respect that as well. And I thank you. Before I do let you go, what's up next? What's up in the next six, 12 months? Technically speaking, um, I'm building a deer fence and I'm working on gardening 2.0. Last year, the deer ate all of my tomatoes, five tomato plants, three kale plants. The deer got everything. 
they've broken through every fence I've made. So I've got an eight foot fence. I'm doing it. Uh, but in, in the world of digital, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, literally I'm in that world of, I want to follow through with this for five years and 10 years to be able to look back and to be like, see, it's, it's in the follow through the powers in the follow through. I can't stop because this is like a gigantic experiment. And I just, I hope to inspire a few more people on the path. So, so maybe some people will listen to this and they'll pop into my comments and be like, oh, I heard you on res. And um, I'm still in my comments every day. I've, I've put over 20,000 comments on my own YouTube channel. I comment as often as I can, because I get, these are real people. They're trying to make it, they can do it. And um, I, I really appreciate this opportunity, man, to connect with you and, and uh, to get to kind of share with your audience. This was really cool. Something, something unique that I wasn't expecting <laughs> came out of this. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, thank you for your time and, and sharing your experience for sure. I mean, everybody will link up every everything in the show notes, obviously, milesbeckler.com, youtube.com slash milesb, and you find them there all over the place. And we'll mention all of the, the show notes. We'll, we'll link up some of the references there as well. Thank you again for your time and sharing your experience with us today. Cheers, man. Have a great evening. Yeah. And for everyone listening, until next time, it's your time to live in the feast. you enjoyed today's episode which i hope you did because yes it was a long one but dude miles brought it didn't he well i know i can speak for myself as well as miles by saying that we'd love to hear that one takeaway that you got from today's episode i don't know about you but i got inspired by miles and i have a couple of things on deck as a result of that but i want to hear yours so it's really super simple in your podcast app of choice, presumably it's this one you are using right now to hear me, drop in a comment or a review or head on over to Twitter and share it in a tweet and tag me at res with three Z's and I'll be happy to share it with Miles as well. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you're going to be the first to listen in next week when we dive into another success story on building your business. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast.